the series. They're going to get back for two. India at home. Lords goes wild. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the 81 All Out podcast. This is Siddhartha Vaidyanathan at Sidvi on Twitter. And uh, today we are going to talk about um, the forthcoming test series between India and South Africa. Uh, three tests to be played in uh, Vizag, Ranchi and Pune. And uh, to talk about uh, the series um, in, the, in the preview, we have uh, one of the 81 All Out regulars, Ashoka at ABVAN on Twitter. Hi, Ashoka. Hey, Sid. Hi. And also joining us today, we have a special guest, uh, Rohit Shankar. He's a freelance cricket writer and he's also the co-founder of uh, Crick Ecstasy. That's uh, C-R-I-C-X-T-A-S-Y. He's a freelancer and a hardcore cricket fan and he also seems to be a hardcore fan of uh, the South African cricket. Always tweeting about the Proteas. Hi Rohit, thanks for joining. Hi Siddhartha. Hi Ashoka. Yeah, I'm a huge uh, Proteus fan. Can you talk a bit about that? Uh, when uh, when that began and uh, what was the maybe your early impressions and how did you become such a big fan? Yeah, um, the first memory I have of watching cricket is probably the 1996 World Cup. Uh, and South Africa had, um, you know, uh, just come in as one of the favourites because they had done particularly well in the 92 World Cup. And um, like I was too young to notice what was happening um, in the league stages or something, but um, just from you know the kind of jersey they had, they had a really bright color, and the Alan Donald came in with the um, white cream all over his face, and uh, somehow they caught my attention. And um, I remember feeling really sad when they lost to West Indies. So um, my association with South African cricket probably started then, but um, it it gradually progressed, like uh, the '99 World Cup really hurt big and then uh, by then I was a huge fan and mm, I was always following the Proteus. Yeah, so coming to this test series, um, India versus South Africa, you know, just to draw a little big picture, uh, has been quite a, a grand and uh, storied rivalry. Um, the, you know, South Africa, perhaps among all the visiting teams, have uh, one of the best records in uh, India. They haven't uh, lost as often as other teams. And even when they have lost series, they have uh, usually competed. I mean, if you take out the 2015 series, that's the most recent series that they played in India. Apart from that, almost every series, uh, they have won a test. And uh, even if they haven't won a test, they have run India close. Uh, interestingly, they have done that with their uh, fast bowling uh, and uh, seam and swing bowling rather than uh, with uh, with spin bowling, as you would expect, as as you would think that would happen. Uh, Dale Stain has, of course, been a huge reason why South Africa has uh, done well in India in the recent past. But even before that, if you go back to the uh, 90s and early 2000s, you've had uh, a number of bowlers. I mean, I remember even a, a Nanty Hayward uh, was uh, one of the bowlers who had a very good series. Uh, Donald had a fantastic series in 96-97, uh, De Villiers as well. So, uh, Rohit, can you talk a bit about that? Uh, India-South Africa often seems to go under the radar in terms of great cricket rivalries, but it has been one, right? And of course, at home, South Africa have been, uh, uh, have not, India have not yet beaten South Africa. So, in a way, on balance, you can say South Africa have historically an edge. 
Right. Um, South Africa have done really well compared to other um, non-Asian countries in India. And as you said, Dale Stain has been a big factor in recent times. Hashi Mamla in 2010, he had a fantastic series. And um, even before that, like in the 96 tour, um, Lance Klosner on debut picked up a eight-wicket halt. And um, there was uh, Sean Plock and um, even Makaya Antini and um, Alan Donald had great series. Nanti Hayward, um, he had a brilliant series. So, um, yeah, South Africa have competed really well. And um, if you know, like, like you said, they have hardly come in with a spin-heavy attack. Um, I think in 2004, they came in uh, for the test series without Nikki Boye, who was their frontline spinner, because he was hesitant to travel to India. And um, in the first test, they played Robin Peterson. But in the second test, they had Justin Antong, who was just a part-timer as a main spinner in the team. So, um, they lost the test. But then, uh, they they were really relied, I mean, relying on their pace attack rather than spinners to compete in India. And they have done really well. Yeah, Ashoka, uh, thoughts on that? I mean, uh, South Africa have been really good, right, when touring India? Yeah, uh, surprisingly, they have been like a competent team to... Because I I was checking the stats, they have some they have the highest win percentage in Asia uh, of all the non-Asian teams. So I I would put down not to spin, but uh, they're uh, I mean they have cracked at least uh, seam bowling up front and reverse in the middle overs. That that is a huge factor, uh, especially that credit would go to Stain, right? So, he's kind of the driving factor there. The going under the radar part is because I think they always have this quiet persona about them, right? Like, there is, uh, it, it, it also is the South African ecosystem, uh, which kind of is subdued rather than sensationalist. If, if any India-South Africa match, it would be the Indian commentators who will be usually, as usually, going up over the top. And because the cricket is of a, of a high quality, uh, and lot of uh, lot less uh, off field incidents that would be I, I, my guess why it always seems like it goes under the radar but we always end up getting excellent tests like the last south africa india series which south africa came to india that was a disaster but we can safely discount that and uh, if you look historically yeah sure it has been always cricket wise it has been a great series yeah, the, also historically, there's been a, a quite a deep connection between the two countries, cricket-wise uh, and sports-wise. I mean, India were uh, a very strong proponent of, uh, you know, uh, the anti-apartheid policies back then. And uh, Ali Bakar, who was the, you know, head, head of the uh, South African board, was very keen that South Africa, when they returned to international cricket, come to India... Uh, first, which they did. They played a one-day series in India on return. That was their first international uh, series on return. And when Clive Rice captained, it was a very emotional moment for them. Also, the first team to tour South, Af- uh, tour South Africa after their readmission was also India. And uh, the famous first ball where uh, Jimmy Cook got out, uh, that that uh, was also, uh, before that ball, there was also an emotional moment. I remember uh, one of the uh, former All India Radio commentators, Suresh Saraya, who was on that tour, and he mentioned that the atmosphere uh, before that first ball of Test cricket in South Africa was so electric that he had tears in his eyes. And it was an absolutely emotional moment for the team. And so, yeah, India, India and South Africa have 
shared uh, quite a lot in uh, in those terms of course in recent years there have been the quite a few negatives as well with the boards uh, squabbling for various reasons and for uh, uh, the bcci to have problems with uh, harun lorgat etc but i think overall if you look at the big picture uh, there is a deep connection there the series is called the freedom series of course uh, mahatma gandhi and nelson mandela uh have uh, been uh, you know the architects of uh, both the nations and the uh, people who brought the freedom uh, to both the nations so um, uh let's move to the series itself rohit uh, talking about the south african team the ones that have usually visited india have been um, uh, usually stacked with uh, some big players and uh, top players this one too has some very good players in them i mean you in in rabada you probably have one of the best bowlers in the world and you also have some um, uh, very promising players but in terms of the batting you think uh, perhaps one of the most inexperienced and raw batting lineups to come to india yeah um south africa are really inexperienced this time like aside from uh, faf duplessis and um dean elgar probably quinton dickock is still um up and coming in the experience category and um even timba bauma but they are really inexperienced but i wouldn't um go to the extent of saying that um this is probably too inexperienced a lineup to pull off a win because um in 2004 if you remember south africa came in with a very inexperienced squad they had andrew hall opening the innings as a makeshift opener and he went on to make a huge 100 at kanpur and um the kind of preparations that went into those um series is probably different and uh, now they have somebody like an interim coach like you know kenkwe coming in the setup is completely different this time around and like i don't think experience is a huge factor because last time they came in with um such an experienced team and they were completely uh, bowled over on wickets that were turning a mile but um they have prepared really well they had sent an a team pretty early to india and uh, many of the test players were part of that and um, since the 2015 series they have been conducting spin camps in the country on a yearly basis and most of these players have come for the spin camps I have had inputs from local coaches in india they even have amul muzumdar in their ranks this time as um, a batting coach so uh, yeah they they might be inexperienced but um, you cannot discount them on these surfaces and in terms of uh, practice uh, they have uh, basically there's been uh, one practice game and even that has been uh, curtailed by rain quite a bit i mean we are recording at the end of uh, uh, that game i mean we are recording on the uh, friday at the end of that game but uh, overall i mean uh, for the little bit that they were able to play there were some good signs both on the batting and uh, bowling front Yeah, Aiden Makram had a really good outing. Like um, even in Mysore in the game against India, A he hit one sixty or something, and um, in the practice match he came in and hit another hundred. So those are promising signs um, for Makram and South Africa in particular because the opening uh, alongside Dean Elgar they needed somebody solid. And um, Makram, though he has been really good in South Africa, the only series he has played outside the country is in Sri Lanka, and um, he struggled there. So um, and there is this. um theory that he has struggled against spin and um by coming to india and pro- like uh, putting up knocks like this makram has shown that he can belong so um i think that's a really promising sign the other one is temba bauma of course and um he had attended the spin camps and played uh, the um india a game so um 
Bauma is also somebody who's pl- who plays spin really well. He uses his feet well. He sweeps well. We even saw in the T20 series where he was a rotating strike really well with the cock. They have had enough time in India. Like most of the Test players have been here early, and like I said, they played in the India A series, so um, they have got a hang of the conditions. Even Markram, right? Like we have been waiting for him to explode. Like uh, when I say we, it is especially me because I've been kind of uh, fascinated with uh, his batting. I think he's a superior batting talent uh, for which the returns have been very less. I, I would like for him to have a great series, like a three-test, four hundred run, four fifty run series, uh, and that would really. St- help south africa in the mid to long term because dean elgar if you see he's 32 he's he you you can expect another 3 4 years out of him because he has restricted himself to the test format uh, apart from him they need kind of a mainstay and even faf is like 35 now he 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 you can't expect both of them to stay for like like a long term prospect so it is imperative that markram kind of stamps his authority in uh, in conditions in which he has struggled and the other person is of course temba bauma he has been kind of that below radar player but he is a solid dependable middle order bat and remember that decock has been playing for the last 10000 years and he's just 26 so i think it is high time also that decock uh, lives up to the billing we have seen him do well in odis and in, in the recent t20s as well he has proved that that shorter format is something that he can handle but it's been a while since i've seen him like really own the test scene and he has to actually come good this is actually i mean indian conditions are no longer that foreign to him he has been playing in the ipl he has come down here and he has had a good uh, number of series here so i think these three players if they can kind of step up we always know that elgar can be dependable at the top and and faf is ever dependable so those two are not the points i mean those two are not the pain points for the batting these three if they step up and uh, and and kind of uh, hit a couple of 50s or even a couple of hundreds this is going to be a closer series than india would have anticipated Yeah, in 2018, um, South Africa went to Sri Lanka for a two-test series, and uh, you know, a few of these batsmen were there on that tour. Uh, they were, of course, not as experienced then. But even then, uh, when we spoke to Andrew Fidel Fernando, the ESPN Cricket for Sri Lanka correspondent, he was talking about how in the very first test they were playing for turn, and uh, rangana herath was basically just uh, sending the straight ones and getting them out and then in the second test they said oh he's sending the straight ones and then he began to turn it and then uh, they got the edges and they were out and they were routed in that series uh, they hardly uh, <laughs> turned up you could say uh, so uh, rohit do you think uh, uh, can you talk a bit about that series and what do you think they will be doing looking to do different here Yeah, um, Rangana Herath was actually a very difficult proposition for them, and um, we were talking about Markram. Markram, in particular, struggled against Herath. I think um, he was dismissed in all four innings by Herath. And um, Markram actually has a really big weakness against the ball turning away from him. Uh, so I think um, somebody like Ravindra Jadeja would be a big challenge for him. He um, even in the ODIs in Sri Lanka, I think he was dismissed by Akila Dhananjaya with the um, the one turning away from Dhananjaya. Yes, many variations. so um markram has this weakness because um he tends to you know uh, he has a 
comparatively higher backlift and um he tends to hang back a bit so um i think like you said herath was using the non turning deliveries to uh, get rid of makram and uh, even the middle order faf duplesi and bauma both of them have struggled against balls turning away on wickets that turn a bit so um that series was a disaster for south africa except for keshav maharaj so um he was the one sole person who stood up for the team but the batting was a huge disaster and um i think this time around in india the pitches may not turn that much seeing the venues um where the matches are going to be held but uh, it will still be a huge challenge for them amla was uh, there in that series but uh, he's not there now but apart from that and i think uh, dumini was there as well uh, in for uh, for a game but apart from that can you uh, talk about what you think will be south africa's top 6 or 7 uh, going into the first test this time yeah they'll definitely start with makram and elgar though um, i really doubt if makram will be there by the end of the series because uh, he has been inconsistent and his uh, issues against spin i i doubt if makram will be there by the end of the third i mean start of the third test but they'll start off with elgar elgar and makram and um, tinus de bruyne will come and i'm sure he'll be somebody they will be looking to bat at number 3 or number 4 and duplessy bauma and decock should be the top 6 there is subair hamsa but uh, unless he decide to go in with seven batsmen i don't uh, see him starting off uh, what about klassen then right klassen is a really good play- player of spin but um, they'll back dikok but like i said with makram i don't see dikok lasting uh, three tests either because he has a huge weakness against off spin we saw him struggle in new zealand against jeetan patel and um, he has in general struggled against off spin and i think ashwin will be a huge challenge for him plus ishan sharma is now pretty good with left handers around by bowling around the wicket so i think dikak will have a tough time and i i i don't see klassen starting in the first test but he might come in later moving on to the bowling which is uh, without doubt their strongest suit you have um, uh, i guess uh, i mean we can start off with uh, who you think will be the uh, you know four bowlers for the first test uh, actually maybe even five bowlers because you mentioned only top 6 so who do you think uh, would you think they'll pick four or five or um, i think they'd be tempted to go with five bowlers and uh, philander is a is a really good bat so um, i think they'll bat deep enough with philander on the side and uh, rabada and philander will definitely start um, maharaj and dane pete will also start and i think the last choice is tricky because they might ponder going with lungi ingidi because the kind of bowlers who have had success in asian conditions uh, pat cummins ben stokes stuart broad in recent times they're all tall hit the deck bowl uh, hit the deck surface bowlers so i think they'd be tempted to go with ingidi but they would also be backing somebody like uh, senor and mutusami if the pitches is going to turn because um, he's a decent bat and he can turn the ball and he's a bit of an unknown for indian players he's I no he's a bit of an unknown for us also so can you tell us a bit about him <laughs> Yeah, he is a left-arm spinner and a fine left-arm batsman. He was batting at number five um, in the recent series, and he's a really good player. I mean, he's a decent player of spin. He's again Indian origin, and um, he's very, he's a very tidy left-arm spinner. Like um, somebody like Maharaj is probably more attacking, but um, Muthusamy is more a uh, defensive spinner. And I don't think South Africa um, have somebody like that because uh, even Dane Pitt is a bit on the attacking side. So I think for consistency at least. because none of their top 6 apart from makram can really spin they might they might ponder going with senran Sen- sam yeah it's weird that uh, the one unknown south african player is named muttasami just for the name 
I think he should be playing. Yeah, and he should get a CSK contract straight away. <laughs> he might have already had a CSK contract, right? We don't know. <laughs> we'll know this season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Coming to the big fish here, I mean, uh, perhaps the uh, one of the finest fast bowlers uh, in the world, uh, Rabada. I mean, um, uh, Stain. We've sp- spoken about how Stain was devastating in India and also Asia. I mean, uh, he had a couple of spells in uh, Sri Lanka, which uh, nobody who saw it will ever forget. Um, so, uh, talk about uh, Rabada and uh, where you think, what you think, uh, how you think he'll go in this series. I think Rabada will have a really good series. He um, in 2015 he came in and bowled really well. It was uh, the early stage of his career, but um, he had. I mean, when he came in, he performed really well for South Africa on that series. At least he was beating the bat consistently, unlike the other seamers on that tour. And um, since then, he is, his progress has been phenomenal. Like um, he has come, like he has come a long way f- since then, and he's performed in all conditions. And I think, like Dale Steyn, he can reverse swing the ball, and um, he's not somebody who gets tired after uh, two spells. He'll keep running in all day, and uh, somebody like that is invaluable in Asia. And uh, I think Rabada will have a great series, particularly because of the way um, Cummins had. Massive success here. Similar to that, I think uh, Rabada will be a huge threat for the Indian batsmen. Particularly if it starts reversing, he can be. Um, I mean, he can run through teams when the ball starts reversing. And um, yeah, he's probably not somebody who can, um, you know, who turns up with the new ball and immediately starts making an impact. But as the test progresses, I think Rabada will uh, become a real threat. Yeah, I mean, I can easily see uh, these uh, all the three tests, you know, being. Uh, uh, dominated by uh, pace bowlers. Like you have Philander, uh, Rabada, and if uh, Lung- uh, Lungisani Engidi plays, and then in India, for India, you have uh, Ishant Umesh and uh, Shami. I mean, I guess uh, Ishant, Shami, and Umesh, uh, because those Ishant and Shami will be the first two options. But uh, yeah, I mean, these six bowlers can easily dominate the series, even if, it, uh, even if the pitches uh, turn a bit. I mean, there's still going to be that uh, roughness and attrition to help them get uh, swing, reverse swing. Uh, and Indian uh, conditions, usually first half an hour, 45 minutes, you'll get some good swing. And then uh, invariably after 25, 30 overs itself, sometimes the ball starts to swing again, um, or reverse. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a really exciting prospect. But let's get to the spin, though. I think uh, one of the spinners who also goes often under the radar and hasn't played as many tests in Asia as I thought he would have played is Keshav Maharaj. So, uh, Rohit, tell us a bit about uh, his emergence. And uh, 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 Maharaj is a kind of bowler who has done well uh, in South Africa and Australia. Uh, I mean, uh, in conditions that uh, are traditionally not suited to spin. And in the two tests he did get against uh, Sri Lanka, he got a, uh, he had a fantastic uh, series, and he took even nine wickets in an innings in uh, in one test. I mean, in a test where he had no spin support. So, can you talk a bit about him and what you would expect from him in this series? Yeah, um, Keshav Maharaj, when he came onto the scene in Australia, um, South Africa were playing the first test, and I think it was at Perth, and uh, Dale Stain was out injured after day one. So, they were one bowler shot. And um, Maharaj had such a huge impact um, in that test which South Africa went on to win because he held one end up. He picked up big wickets like he picked up Steven Smith's wicket 
and um he was constantly you know um he he was there at the other end as the fast bowler ran through the australian lineup so um i think he played a huge role in that series and from then he has become a pivotal member in the south african side in test cricket and um he had a great series in uh, new zealand where um, in wellington he picked up a six wicket haul and he went to england and did well there as well and as you said in sri lanka he had a great role i think maharaj um strength is that he doesn't try too much uh, he just sticks to the formula somebody like ashwin is often uh, you know accused of trying too much and particularly outside india but uh, maharaj sticks uh, to what works for him and um he forces batsmen to make mistakes by being this uh, like bowling this relentless length and um i think hard work has been a huge factor i was um actually talking to south africa's performance analyst prasanna raman the other day and um he was mentioning about how maharaj uh, was constantly working like he stayed with uh, prasanna raman for five continuous days in india and uh, to get acclimatized to the conditions and he came and um, worked in bangalore on the bangalore wicket on like just to get familiarized to what to expect in india so um i think uh, for a player to do that when um there is so many matches going on and um there is very little family time i think uh, that shows his commitment to the game and um he has been a fantastic find for south africa yeah i mean uh, it'll be uh, quite an irony uh, if uh, india were to lose a test uh, to maharaj and uh, muttusami and uh, that'll be like uh, quite a <laughs> reversal of uh, sorts uh, it'll be a good make for a good headlines as well just uh, one thing about uh, keshav maharaj is that uh, his best performance in a test match comes in the in the third innings not even in the fourth innings if if say india bat first and south africa uh, bat second so the third innings that he may day 3 and 4 that, that's where he's at his home at his lethal best coming to india now uh, as i said we are recording after the practice game so let's get to the top headline of the day uh, rohit sharma who is going to open the innings uh, got a duck in the practice game um first of all i don't agree with this decision for him to open the innings i'm happy that he's getting this chance and i understand that there is a uh, there is a chance that it may work out we have seen we have seen it with virendra sehwag back then that uh, uh, makeshift opener went on to have tremendous success but i think uh, the very fact that you know many people have spoken about how rohit's one day technique that has got him so much success actually goes against him in test cricket and how his lack of feet movement in one day cricket helps him in a way because uh, uh, he can gets that uh, you know has that stillness of position and then he can free his arms to score where in a format where the ball doesn't swing as much and where bowlers don't are generally trying to bowl straight but in a format where the bowlers can afford to go to fifth or sixth stump and where uh, you know they don't really have to worry about uh, you know fields where they can actually have uh, three or four uh, in the slip cordon uh, his lack of feet movement go against him and as an opener he is going to be facing uh, he is going to be in a situation where the ball is swinging the most and i don't agree with the decision for to open the batting and i also think it's a, a pretty uh, unfair on uh, openers in indian domestic cricket who are doing so well but again i if i'm proven wrong and if rohit goes on to get some big scores i'm not going to complain but 
yeah what do you what do you think of uh, this decision ashok do you think it's the right one yeah you can argue that there are some domestic openings like abhimanyu ishwaran in the wings who have done well and who are waiting for their turn uh, that is a fair argument to be made but other than that you actually think indian opening in test is in quite a bit of trouble like you have given shikhar dhawan a chance uh, and and he is not consistently performing kl rahul has been given an extended run and and fairly has been it's a fair decision to drop him uh, uh, prithvi shaw obviously has gotten himself banned for non cricketing reasons so you have mayank agarwal there and and with no partner and we have been like i mean and you know murli vijay is uh, on on the on a down downward slope for whatever reason i don't know but that has been the case with opening like the last 3 4 years we have had trouble so giving rohit a chance at this point i am like why not because he is already at like at an age where i don't know when the next iteration is going to be after this for rohit sharma in tests yeah um i'll make my view pretty clear i think uh, shubman gill will make his debut this series <laughs> as an opener yeah oh wow okay interesting and um i think um rohit sharma has been uh, i mean uh, there's a lot of talk about uh, emulating virendra sehwag but um i think even though both are attacking batsmen their approaches are completely different like um sehwag would attack from ball one in a test match and that put um the bowlers off their line and length somebody like rohit even in odis he takes his time to settle down and then he goes for um the big hits and um i think that settling down time is going to be very difficult for him in test cricket when the ball moves around and he has a very little feet movement so i think that initial 20 25 balls will be very tough for rohit like um he was out for a duck today and um when he's opening the batting i think that'll be a huge challenge for him but again it's a home series like we are talking about and uh, the following tests are against uh, bangladesh and west indies um so i think um and like if india are prepared for uh, you know a one opener in um, asia and probably another somebody like more technical coming in at the top in other countries um that is something which most nations are very hesitant to try because we see uh, teams rotating their bowlers based on conditions but that doesn't happen with batsmen so um i think it is a possible move open with rohit in, in asian conditions and then uh, try somebody else somebody else outside india probably even pujara who i think i think he'll have no trouble opening the innings so i think pujara is a somebody who can be looked at as an opener in outside india along with mayank agarwal that will allow them to accommodate an extra middle order batsman as well so um, where we have an overdose of domestic talent so that is also a possible uh, move and and uh, rohit has got the for non cricketing reason he has got the backing of the coach and the captain right to they want this to work so they will not uh, i don't i don't see him not opening for the home season at least like the two two series here i think he will open for all five tests they want uh, because they had given even say uh, shikhar dhawan and uh, and kl rahul a fair bit of run because they believed that they were the next uh, they were the answers to indian opening problem so i would i would see that him running into problems not in the home series but uh, probably away in in the new zealand series surely i think that's where the rubber will hit the road
going to the rest of the lineup yeah i think uh, the rest uh, is fixed i'd like to see how uh, vihari uh, you know uh, bats uh, if he continues to bat the same way at number 6 or if he uh, t- uh, tries to get a little more of a move on at home i think he'll play the same way but uh, pant at 7 uh, been a lot of uh, talk about rishabh pant but i guess uh, you know they they just are going to play him and then take it from there right i think they should back pant uh, all this uh, shastri talk should be taken with a pinch of salt because uh, all said and done like uh, they have made it clear that even though saha is in the squad they will prefer pant because they see him as a long term option so if you see a batsman as a long term option at least in tests right uh, he has not done badly in the west indies series as well in the tests maybe odis and t20s he's been rash and he has played that one reckless shot that has got i mean that has got his wicket other than that i don't see why they should uh, worry too much about pant Uh, if your numbers are, if you're worried about number 7 and you're followed by say ashwin or jadeja uh, i think then there is a serious problem with your top 6 that that's where you should be worrying uh, i would be more interested in seeing how ajinkya rahane goes through because uh, home series are kind of his kryptonite pant i'm cons- I, i would be interested in seeing how he keeps to ashwin and or jadeja and that would be his test um if he drops few catches because that's going to be when the ball turns and bounces his technique would come into focus and and like ashoka was telling i think uh, rahane is probably a bigger question than pant because he has struggled in asian conditions the long home series india had in 2016 rahane completely lost his form and even even when he struck form in west indies recently he was a bit circumspect against cornwall and uh, roston chase so um i think rahane's place is more under question than pant and um we might probably see uh, rahane dropping out and dashin and jadeja with dashin and jadeja india have a long enough batting lineup so they, at, at least at pune probably where uh, last test i think uh, steven of okifi and um, nathan land did well for australia on a turning wicket so uh, india might pond up bringing in somebody like kuldeep yadav as a third spinner and um, at that stage we might see rahane dropping out because ashwin and jadeja can bat and um, that's a very long batting lineup out there they may not need so many batsmen so we might see a third spinner at least at pune okay yeah. so coming to the spin question i mean of course ashwin was left out of the tests in the west indies but uh, i think leaving ashwin out of a home series will be equivalent uh, at least in indian terms will be equivalent to leaving kohli out of a one day series or something am i am i <laughs> being to uh, dramatic no, no, about no. it or <laughs> no 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 i think uh, i think uh, i would be shocked more if ashwin is dropped because uh, uh, the guy at least in home condition has been nothing short of a miracle bowler I was surprised that he was dropped in West Indies as well. So, given his record in West Indies, so I, I don't know what is going on inside. That might be non-cricketing in in nature, but it would be surprising that uh, if if Ashwin is dropped or even Jadeja is dropped. But for me, they play all three tests in India. There is no question; these guys are like I was just watching some stats in Crickers, like. the 28 tests that they have played in the country in india uh, 
they have like taken like like 10000 or 20000 wickets at uh, like zero economy or something like that like they are super <laughs> <laughs> yeah they are, they have been super human and uh, and india has won 21 of those and india has just lost one so uh, i don't see any point in tinkering with that maybe uh, maybe third spinner and dropping a batsman in conditions favor favoring spin that would be the way to go rather than say play one of them so uh, as we discussed at the west indies uh, series review ashwin's batting might have worked against him there because uh, we spoke about how jadeja has really improved as a, a test batsman i mean he's been doing he did very well against west indies at home and uh, you know and even in the west indies series i mean he did his job very well uh, he was a good option uh, lower down he gives that quick runs he gives you that uh, he gives you fielding of course uh, perhaps the best fielder in the world the best ground fielder in the world and uh, then he gives you the overs and the wickets but yes in in india uh, i think you know ashwin is a colossus and uh, if you were to drop ashwin and play kuldeep and jadeja i think it will be one of the most shocking decisions made in a long long time and the three pitches that we are talking about right like ranchi pune vizag we have not seen historically like a green top or a swinging condition or stuff like that so there's no logical reason why they both shouldn't be playing they both all logic points to ishant shami uh, ashwin and jadeja as the four people that would be playing um because we, you know vihari can bowl some spin as well like he can he can bowl spin he has bowled spin in in for, in like uh, non asian conditions in asian conditions when in day 3 4 5 he would be quite handy as well uh, to take the uh, bowling load of these top four so we are kind of covered there uh, but but again this is shastri and kohli that we are talking about i i have no idea what they were to do so in terms of the fast bowling yeah we have said uh, ishant and shami uh, will perhaps be the first option first two options i mean uh, 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 umesh uh, is a very good bowler in indian conditions he has done well and in fact in his last test uh, at home he took uh, 10 wickets against west indies um, even in the 2017 series against australia he had a fine time that dharamshala he pretty much turned the game india's way but uh, i guess he will have to wait interestingly uh, i read an article on um, cricket for recently about how bhuvaneshwar kumar has been totally sidelined in this whole thing i mean he of course he has had his battles with injuries but uh, you know uh, you would think that uh, he will be giving someone like uh, umesh a run for his money given that uh, he's uh, uh, his i mean when he went to south africa and when he played the test i thought that uh, he's a he's going to be a regular in the team but then bumrah ishant and shami have become more like regulars umesh has become the reserve and bhuvneshwar kumar is now almost fifth or sixth option sixth option because navdeep saini is now the fifth option according to shastri the resurgence of shami and the steadiness of ishant and has has actually worked against uh, bhuvneshwar rather than say umesh or even saini i think bhuvi has bhuvi does not have a great home record if he has i am forgetting i think one kolkata test against uh, sri lanka he gets some he got some wicket uh, other than that i can't remember him doing consistently well at home i mean it's very unfortunate that 
even for umesh i would say not just for bhuvi it's it, it is unfortunate for umesh as well that uh, they are up against uh, perhaps the three uh, as a unit the best bowling fast bowling unit india has ever had so breaking in would be like very very tough unless one of these guys get injured yeah um bumrah's injury uh, rohit do you do you think uh, i mean i'm i'm asking you to look at it from the south african perspective uh, do you think that they'll be heaving a bit of a sigh of relief absolutely um bumrah <laughs> has been fantastic and um i think all of us were waiting for his home first home test but uh, i think south africa will be relieved that it's not happening uh, because as it is they have problems against spin Uh, a whole lot of problems against spin and um somebody like bumrah coming in and picking up three wickets at the beginning and um they'll be completely tottering against spin if that happens so i think they'll be hugely relieved that uh, bumrah is out of the series but then um india have a really potent bowling attack a fast bowling attack now and um i think if bumrah was available india would have had a big problem about whom they would be dropping um shami or rishant because uh, i don't think they clearly have a favorite in the, on that count and um i think um, umesh and bhuvneshwar um bhuvneshwar has completely slipped out but i, I was just checking his home record and um i saw that he has 27 wickets in 11 tests which is uh, pretty decent returns but on a closer look 16 of those have come at kolkata alone where uh, the conditions have become uh, more aligned to fast bowlers so i think um otherwise he has done pretty ordinary in india in fact very ordinary in india so i think um bhuvneshwar has probably slipped down the radar a bit and uh, shastri and kohli also prefer a, somebody who can uh, you know um rack up good pace and uh, they have always back the um, 140 plus pacers and even though bhuvi has improved uh, on the pace front i think um they see somebody like saini as a young and more exciting option and um yeah um umesh is somebody who has a fantastic record in india and again since 2017 he has um 40 wickets in india as a pacer and none of the other seamers have more than 18 so that's a huge difference and um i think umesh uh, umesh is probably really unlucky that he has come in um at a time when shami and ishant are um virtually not droppable so um yeah so um i think uh, we pretty much covered everything except one player who we generally overlook because uh, we take him for granted but uh, let's uh, touch a bit about uh, kohli i mean uh, not as uh, breathtaking a series against west indies as by his standards uh, pretty uh, i would say more in the average range but uh, kohli at home uh, against south africa i mean uh, <laughs> is there any doubt that he will be he remains you know the most the biggest threat for south africa and in fact uh, the first test in wisag i remember that test against england where he made an absolutely fantastic double hundred and um, one of i think one of kohli's uh, best innings i mean there was something flawless about uh, most of it and uh, yeah so do you see another uh, say 350 plus run series for him rohit um i think kohli will have a really good series but um i i think south africa from a south african point of view they look to attack him with pace rather than spin and uh, we might see 
uh, Rabada and uh, if Engedi is playing, um, Engedi going for his head. Uh, like uh, we could see bouncers early on with um, you know fine leg and square leg back. They they were at Kohli right through the South African series. It may not bounce that much here in India, but I, I think they look to um, you know um, restrict him with pace and probably. Go with Maharaj at the other end and tie him down with um, you know restricted scoring areas because um, somebody like Kohli he likes to get uh, get into his rhythm really quickly even if it's test he likes to get moving really quickly and um, if he's denied that kind of uh, start where he has to play out a few dot balls and then there are, there are fast bowlers like Rabada coming in and bowling bumpers at him I think um, it'll make an impact but. Yeah, Kohli is Kohli, so I think he'll have a great series again. He might um, make a couple of hundreds again, but uh, I think South Africa will bowl decently to him. I don't think they'll be they'll be too uh, worried about Kohli this series. Even if uh, I think they'll be more worried about Pujara than Kohli, but um, yeah, let's see. Yeah, Ashoka, a bit about uh, Kohli and Pujara. I mean, the two probably the two linchpins of the Indian batting lineup. Yeah, but uh, more about Kohli because Pujara is always has been a dependable bat in home condition. Kohli has had a couple of quiet series, but uh, the recent uh, exploits by Steve Smith would have kind of... Uh, and he has fallen from number one to number two in test rankings, right? Like Steve Smith has taken over. So those kind of uh, might be motivators for the man saying that, uh, yeah, time to get some more hundreds or some more double hundreds. Like... Uh, I was discussing this in the older pod as well, that there was a time when there was a criticism on Kohli saying that he gets hundreds and he gets outs in in, in tests. And the guy went and hit uh, like five to six double hundreds uh, in in the period of 18 months. So it is up to him really. Like if he decides that, yeah, uh, maybe I should be uh, like Steve Smith is operating at a level higher than me. Maybe I should try to match him and go after uh, that kind of a consistency he can and these are these are home conditions so these are these are good chance that these five tests for kohli he can get a couple of hundreds two three hundreds and he can come back and say yeah i am i am there as well because that race at the top like steve smith has gone like three notches above kohli and the rest so kohli would be dying to get back into the context contest there so, okay, wrapping up, let's uh, do what we usually do for uh, previews. Uh, let's get a prediction. Uh, by the way, uh, <laughs> let me just preface that by saying India have lost uh, just four tests at home all decade. Uh, you know, you have the two tests against England that they lost uh, early in the decade. And then you have uh, day, uh, the one they lost to South Africa in 2010, I think, to Dale Stain's great spell. And then you have the one they lost to Australia in Pune to Steve Smith's 100. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, okay, let me start off by saying that I doubt if uh, they will lose another test in this series. So, I, they, weather may play a part and also some good uh, South African batting may play a part to get a draw. Um, I'm, that is assuming the weather also plays a part because uh, you need at least a day washed out for a draw, I think, these days. But uh, yeah, I see India winning the series 2-0. Um, South Africa, I think, will run, uh, may run them close in a test. Uh, but I think overall, India will end up being too strong on all fronts uh, for that. Especially, you know, their bowling attack um, is, even without Bumrah, is uh, really potent. So I'll go with 2-0. 
So, Rohit, what about you? Um, I don't see a draw in the series. Uh, I would say India would win 3-0. But um, probably Pune is the best chance for South Africa to test um, India. And um, that match might run a bit close. But uh, I don't see India losing a game here. So, um, I think India will win 3-0. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to say 3-0 as well. Unless... There is a washout somewhere. Uh, it will be very tough for South Africa. If if they win the test here, that will be like really, really significant for them. But uh, uh, logically speaking, I think India should take this 2-0 or 3-0. I would stick to 3-0. Okay, so you have uh, two 3-0s and one 2-0. And uh, let's see how the series goes. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for joining. And... Uh, Hopefully, we can uh, reconvene again at the end of the series for a review. We usually like to uh, have the same panelists who discuss the preview for the review so that we can partly also rip them about how they got their predictions wrong. But uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> jokes aside, uh, thanks, Rohit. Thanks for sparing the time. Thank you. Thank you. My thanks. Pleasure. And thanks, uh, Ashoka, for uh, coming along and discussing this. Yeah, sure, man. Been, been a great time. So that brings us to the end of another episode of the 81 All Out Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you prefer. It would be wonderful if we could leave a rating and a review so that more people find us. You can also follow us on Twitter at 81 All Out and check out all our previous podcasts and articles on our website, 81allout.com. In case you're still listening, Here's a shout out to our sister podcast on regional movies. Where is the other banana.com? You can follow them on Twitter at the other banana and watch out for updates on all the movie reviews and discussions that they put out. As always, we would love to hear your thoughts on the work we do. So please send us your feedback. Goodbye. series. They're going to get back for two.